You can't wear a bra in space. You can't have jazz in space. It has to be jizz in braless. side of the fence your weekly quarantino podcast with your favorite two neighborinos in the whole world these lovely women who are obsessed with bennigan's robert pattison <laughs> and a lot of things including ourselves because we are true to us uh i'm trisha as always and we of course have on the other side of the fence caitlin how are you doing this week I'm good. Did you know that there is a new movie on Netflix with Robert Pattinson where he does like a weird southern preacher accent and it's real bad, but also I love everything about it? I did. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm super excited because it's also got like Tom, Tom Holland Holland's in and it, Sebastian yeah. Stan. And you know what? I just want, you know, Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson, who are both British, to talk in southern accents. It's fine. Well, and I guess part of part of that there's a debate going on on whether or not the bad accent is intentional, because yeah. he apparently reportedly refused a dialect coach, which like came from sources not Robert Pattinson, because Robert Pattinson lies about everything. Right. <laughs> he lies about like watching people die at the circus and like if he knows what tenants about. <laughs> so I, I mean, guess, does anybody really know what tenants about? Apparently, aside it's from Christopher Nolan. It's stupid Looper. <laughs> Is okay. what I heard, but like also James okay. Bondy maybe. But no, I I heard that the character he he chose he refused the dialect coast because the the character he's playing is like this huckster preacher, yeah, who's like traveling from town to town trying to like it scam people out of money. He isn't what he seems or whatever. Yeah, right. Like he's he's a scam artist, and yeah. so like the idea being that he um he he's not the person you think he is anyway so it doesn't matter what he sounds like you you want this weird other accent like slipping through but like when you watch the clips of him upset and using that accent it is truly it, it's bizarre and it's it is. wonderful and i love him <laughs> Because we're here for it. <laughs> I literally every week the the more I learn about this man, I'm like, no, he's great. Like good. Must for be protected him. at all costs. He um... must be protected, which apparently he wasn't because Matt Reeves did not cut that deal with Bennigan's. And uh so disappointed they, they in both parties. They couldn't protect uh our 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 Prince of Darkness and Vengeance. Well that and he was out with his little girlfriend in London. Like kissing on a bench and stuff, and I'm like, "Don't y'all have? Don't you got COVID? Why are you outdoors?" Shouldn't I was much disappointed. COVID. No, I don't know if she. I mean, I mean, at that point, <laughs> I'm guessing by some of these photos that like that they've already shared a, shared enough. Um, <laughs> shared a little of the just a little yeah. on the side. Don't mix it in. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. She, he he was wearing his his basketball shorts, and she like you know was. Making use of them, if you know that's what I mean. Fair. I did not see these photos. I <laughs> did not realize that was I'll the nature send it to you, of these photos. I'll, fair I'll enough. Yeah, you can just send them on the Discord now. right now and just drop those right in. Right now. Yeah, let that's me just great. go ahead. I do yeah. also love all the new Robert Pattinson memes of him creepily standing in that apartment. Oh my and god, like, yes. Have you seen the ones where they put... You know how in Haunting of Hill House, there's like the hidden ghosts that are in like yeah. the backgrounds of some scenes and like nobody acknowledges them, that kind of thing? Yeah. And like a couple of them, people just slipped in that image of Robert Pattinson with his hair slicked back. Yeah. And people were like, yeah, that one died of Spanish flu. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
And then there was the one that was like looking to fill a room in my house with like me and my two roommates and there were like these pictures. It was like him and the cat. It was him and the tall cat. <laughs> yes. I saw that one and then there was a there was oh god, there's another one with those two people in it, you know, him and the tall cat. Mm-hmm. Um and I can't remember who else was in it. Mr. I have to find tall it in my cat. likes. It was like my roommates are so freaking weird and it was like four and it was like a bird. The same kitchen. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I just dropped that picture in the Discord. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to uh, town, know what I mean? On that, it looks on like she's block. also going to town. Holy shit. I mean, good Everybody's for her. Everybody's going to town and Notting Hill. They were Notting Hill, too, so, you know. I saw, like, a quarter of that movie for the first time the other day. How was the quarter you saw? You know, it. I don't know what I expected that movie to be, but it was, it was delightful. It was charming. And I, I liked what I saw. And here's the thing. I kind of know how it ends because it's one of the most famous endings in movie history. Right. Um, so, like, literally, I was like, oh, that's what this movie's about. Yeah, you're like, ah. Yeah, oh. ah. And I was mostly, like, transfixed by Julia Roberts' eyebrows through most of it. I was like, this I mean, is very fair. odd. I mean, yeah. it was the 90s, so, like, that's why they look like that. <laughs> right, but, yeah. But, like, at the same time, I was like, oh, yeah, people used to do that to their faces. And we all thought it was a good look. We she was America's was sweetheart. She was, and for good reason. You know? Good for her, honestly. Um, God, I can't find this. Uh, well, in other pop culture news, did you see the tweet that um, Earth, Wind, and Fire put up yesterday, or actually two days ago? Um, well, at, I like, saw, I saw that. Yeah, the, they were like, "Oops, almost forgot." It was the twenty first of September. <laughs> but then there's yeah. uh, the one gentleman who's a he's a TV writer who does the video every year. He's the if you've seen the video, as I ex- explain in detail, a video that comes out every year. Um, the gentleman who does the, the September video and he like wakes up and they're like, that's the day today is. And he dances and it's real fun mm-hmm. and everyone loves it. Um, they had a really good one this year. And I guess, um, he raised a ton of money for charity. Nice. Which was awesome. If you watch till the end of the video, it cuts away and he's like, look, you know, I like making these videos. You guys like watching them. I know what day it is every year, you guys. <laughs> But if you want me to keep making these, like, the trade-off is that, like, we're going to raise some money for charity together. And he managed to raise, like, a ton of money overnight. Because Aww. good for him. Because good his videos make everyone happy. Right? And the world's already a sausage fire. Or dumpster fire. Wow. I don't know where sausage. That was a Freudian slip. Uh, was yeah, basketball shorts. That let was, me tell you. It was um. a sausage. <laughs> such a sausage party. A sausage party. <laughs> But, well, um, apparently the Twitter algorithm yeah. does make it a sausage party. I mean, it makes it a white sausage party. It makes it is, a very white sausage party, yeah. It was, you know, um... Trying to expose was, it in Zoom, and then they're like, oh, guess we found another exposure right here. It's like a it white so sausage. Meta. I was watching, um... Chicken and A video about sausages the other day on YouTube, sausages and hot dogs, and it was talking about how... I believe it's in Rochester, New York. There's like a famous like hot dog that they have, but it's like white because it doesn't have yeah. like preservatives in it or something. Like something yeah. about the way they they cure the meat um, makes it so that it's like white and kind of gray. And I was like, yeah, that's what Twitter is. I mean, like Twitter will and and so we we found out this week that the Twitter algorithm for choosing faces is like super racist because mm-hmm. all the faces that were used to, to test when you have a thumbnail of a picture on Twitter it tries to detect if there's a face in it and it will try to center the face. Cause otherwise you get like awkward, like open for a surprise Twitter pictures. And sometimes it'll like put someone's like before they had that, you know, in place, it would like, sometimes it would be Robert Pattinson's 
Robert Pattinson's Vienna mm. sausage hanging out as like you know <laughs> the, the the main thumbnail. But now that the like, they, they tried to address this by making the algorithm be able to recognize faces, but as has been the case over you know the last decade or so of tech, because Apple had this problem as well with iPhones not re- recognizing black faces, it doesn't recognize black people as people because uh. I guess the the the, the Facial recognition software was, you know, tested and developed on white faces, which are considered, quote, the default, specifically white male faces. And I guess, um, you know, there's certain things that people have been testing all week to see, like, if you enter two images, like, in the same picture, but with, like, a space between them, what it prioritizes. And it always prioritizes the white people. And if you have a choice between, you know... Uh, a person without giant anime titties and with giant anime titties, it'll choose giant anime titties, which led to some really disturbing photo manips of Ted Cruz that I can't unsee. I really um, need you to send that to me too, so... I liked it on Twitter, so if you scroll through my likes, um, it's there. But, yeah, it was really upsetting, and then there's, like, other things, like, people are, like, trying to, like, let the, quote, let the algorithm choose, and so they'll put, like, two images, and, like, one was the trolley problem. Yeah, I saw that. And it recognized the faces, and it recognized the group of faces to run over instead of the one. And I was like, "Damn, Twitter, shit!" <laughs> like, right? and also my 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 uh, one that that Ryan sent me earlier was Dave Chappelle in white face <laughs> versus Dave Chappelle's normal face. Oh, and it was Dave Chappelle in white face. Huh. <laughs> it's really upsetting. <laughs> So yeah, that was a thing on the internet this week that everyone's been uh, testing, and it's really like sad and unfortunate that you know it's, it's racism permeates so many levels at. of basically yeah. every part of all of our lives, and also even some like black creators were saying like, oh, like some of my art that features like black faces was not prioritized like when I like shared my profile or shared you know things like portfolio and all that. And it's right. like, oh, that's why this art, like, hasn't been showing up and getting as much engagement. Right, exactly, because it's not being exposed. Mm-hmm. So, why I mean, we... there's a whole other conversation to be had about whether, you know, facial recognition software and facial tracking and images and smart, you know, learning programs are a good idea or a bad idea. <laughs> right, exactly. Overwhelmingly and... not great. Yeah, um, we've already had so many fucking so many issues with like online schooling there's teachers that have just kind of been very like taking the power a little too far it seems like like if you like minimize your browser for like five seconds like you're cheating you're cheating i know because you minimized your browser and it's yeah like like you can't have like a technical issue without being cheated. there's some i guess places that are using like eye tracking software um, to see, like, if you're looking away from your computer. Like, they're having, like, the kids, like, spin around in place before they start a test so that they can view the testing environment. Oh, my God. Like, at this point, like, you know, real life is re- generally open book. Like, yeah. there is not a situation at my job in healthcare where if I was unsure about something, I should just guess. That's not yeah, exactly. one of my options, generally. No. Um, you know, in, in the real world, you are, are often, if not, you know, most of the time, given the option to make sure that what you're doing makes sense. Yeah. And I understand that you want to test that people understand principles, but like 
test by doing. Exactly. And, and I, I even was doing some continuing learning for work uh, about a week ago. And, you know, there was no test that I had to sit down and take at the end. There was like a survey almost. Yeah. You know, that was like, oh, did you like, are you sure that you were in the Zoom the whole time? Yes, yeah. you were. Uh, but like, honestly, the, the most benefit came from doing like breakout rooms within the Zoom where we were able to practice some of the skills we were learning in a group, talking it through, talking about what worked, talking about what didn't. And like, I realized that, again, this is mental health professionals. We all talk for a living. Um, and we talk about talking and talking about feelings and talking about how we felt about feelings when we talked about our feelings. Um, but, you know, that being said, the the like didactic practice of that was much more helpful and helped me retain that knowledge than to sit there and try and memorize like which person came up with, you know, the the discrimination theory of supervision, like who cares? Like no one yeah. cares. No exactly. one cares. And it was Bernard, by the way. But, you know, that being said, like it's just it's it it shocks me that there's not more teachers that aren't open to this. And I know some are because that's just their teaching style, but you know yeah. part of moving to this medium of Zoom is gonna be about trying to figure out ways to actually get the kids to learn, which again, a right. bigger issue in ed education. There's a lot invested in teaching kids to a test or multiple tests. But at the same time, like you see opportunities that, you know, some teachers are really going out of their way to take and some just don't. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it just like, it, it is instills this like thought of invasion by your elders and by the, the people that are in charge of your life. Like eye tracking, that's, that's mm -hmm. pretty invasive. Like, mm -hmm. My eye, I've got ADHD and my eyes constantly wander. It doesn't mean I'm not paying attention. It doesn't mean I'm cheating. Like, if that were something that was going on when I was a kid, my mom would be raising hell right now. She would be like, um, she's got a disability. She's got, a like, a learning disability. She has ADHD. Like, that's a part of her bodily functions. Like, uh -huh. I'm always fidgeting. I'm always, I, I always need something to, like play with while I'm doing stuff like like yeah. while I'm doing something that needs my attention is just how it helps me pay attention so it's just like it makes me sad and worried that like there are children that are suffering from that consequence and like even right. even college students suffering from that because like the overlords are watching them I mean, and I, they can't even I, I did like, my undergrad you know God. in in the the dawning era of like blackboard and all those programs and i remember there were times when like the program would crash and yeah. we'd email in and be like so we do? i couldn't even get past the first screen or like you get to the second question and the whole thing crashes yeah. and thankfully a lot of the professors that i had that used that technology were very understanding and look you know either said you know hey you get one as a mulligan, like, do you want to just take the one as your mulligan? Or do you want to, like, you know, let me see if I can reset it for you. Like, let's, you know. Yeah. If you got to everything but, like, the last question, they probably wouldn't, you know, reset the whole thing. But, you know. Right, yeah. I, I felt that my experience with it was relatively positive. Yeah. But there's always going to be, you know, screw-ups and things that happen and technical difficulties. And to expect, you know, a seven-year-old to navigate that is just a lot to ask. It's it's a lot to ask. And I, I know there's, like, I, I know actually a decent amount of teachers in my life. And, like, they're ones I know personally are making a really concerted effort to make their space friendly um, and increase engagement, knowing that the model 
the public school system especially is expecting them to follow is extremely rigorous for children and not you know not even the same way that like homeschool kids do it like homeschool kids you know generally do you know what three to four hours of strict learning a day and everything else is kind of experiential and like you know you're doing things in the house or you're going somewhere and like learning about something you're not sitting in front of a computer so you know what they're being asked to do is just not gelling with the idea of you know what true learning looks like so i mean that's the part that bums me out the most i think i agree yeah and i mean it just kind of also goes back into how our education system is really isn't about learning anymore it's about test results and it's about like proving that you can just retain all this like actual formulae instead of actually the reason why these things exist or the reason like like historical facts and like just like i don't know it's like it's sad that our that our school system is just in many ways so messed up especially like covid exposing it it also goes on to that list of things that covid's exposing that just don't work anymore <laughs> like yeah right and it's it's bringing to the forefront discussions that have been happening for a long time but really you know when you're a parent at home with your, your you know say you're a parent who's working from home and like you hear your kids doing their online learning you know it really kind of exposes some things that like you know you haven't had to address since you were a kid about how ineffectual you know some of the standards are and you know the fact that the things that they're really hung up about as you know school districts or what have you you know are not based on whether or not your kid's actually learning anything and that's a bummer i mean there's there's a certain amount of knowledge that should be gained about like facts and things that happened in, in the world and in life but again like how is that being presented in a way that like can actually be applicable to how you would function as a you know relatively well-adjusted adult but just to, to go back to your point about like you know facial recognition and eye tracking um actually somebody i work with was telling me earlier that there was a kid who changed his zoom name to connecting to wi-fi or like connection difficulties or something like that mm -hmm. and like set his image as a black screen and like <sighs> kind of had it muted and was like i can hear you guys can you hear me so he didn't have to be on camera all day <laughs> that's amazing I thought I that was that. so clever. I loved that because like, a lot of kids are also having anxiety about like, like being on a Zoom screen because like, yeah, I mean, I know from sitting in meetings and things all day and all that is that like you actually Zoom fatigue is very real, you know, because yeah. you're attending to all of these different screens at once where like if you're sitting in a classroom, you're like looking at your paper, you're looking up at the teacher, you're like looking around like you're not, yeah. you know, laser focused on this one thing. And um, it's psychologically draining. And I think kids are finding some really creative ways around that, which is awesome. Yeah. But as far as facial recognition goes, facial recognition, as far as that goes, you know, there's also been facial recognition technology used in identifying and prosecuting protesters. So again, just throwing it out there. I know uh, a lot of people have stopped doing this, which is great. But like, try not to post photos from protests if you can get away with it. You know, you're making a choice about the content you want to share with the world and think about why you're sharing that information, because um, that is how some people are getting tracked down and arrested and um, charged with crimes, whether or not those charges are valid. Um, it's that's one way that they're finding people. So, yeah. And I mean, we actually had an incident with that here in Colorado this last week. Can't remember if it's Aurora, Denver, or both, but I think they're getting charged from both districts. But um, 
we had protesters and leaders from the PSL, which is the, oh my god, pro-socialism and liberation. The Party of Socialism and Liberation is what it stands for. I was like, um, PSL means something different in healthcare, but yeah. <laughs> well, it also means something different to white girls. Um, hey. but, but yes, <laughs> um, uh, the, the Party of Socialism and Liberation is a really great organization in Colorado and across the country that helps organize protests against uh, that are anti-racism and anti-police brutality. Um, they were the parties that led the drive-through parades that I attended. They've led the, they helped organize the Elijah McLean protests with Elijah McLean's mother. Um, they've done a lot of this really great protest work, including the protests that were on the highway when the Jeep driver drove through the crowd and the protests where they um, basically did a sit-in at one of the APD headquarters, the Aurora Police Department headquarters overnight, where they were not letting any cops in or out. Um, so they arrested a bunch of these organizers as well as um, other protesters that had attended and are trying to charge them with felony-grade kidnapping and like all of these, like three or four different felonies across both Aurora and Denver and Jeez. the ways that they got, tra- I know it's, 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 it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and the way that they were able to track them down is because of things like social media. So, um, yeah. it's, it's just mind boggling to me that people just don't get it and aren't like, I mean, yes, this moment does need to be documented, and but like the thing is, it's being thoroughly documented, and we don't like actual like photojournalists are still going to do their jobs. Yeah, like not everyone needs to see your picture on Facebook or your selfie on Facebook. I mean, honestly, Mm -hmm. let's talk about what some of those pictures actually are. Yeah, you know, if it's self-aggrandizing and you're trying to make a statement, and you know, you're just being, you know, a garbage human, then like. Think about yeah. think about if you really need to post that picture because the answer is usually no. Yeah, um, I'll take like for the few that I've gone to, I've taken not the few, but for the the ones that I've gone to this last uh, summer, I'll take a few live videos. Sure, uh, especially if something like big is, is happening. happening. So, yeah, but um, there was one I went to with my friend, and this one we were like walking all over Denver. It was pretty awesome, but um, this girl. She was white passing. I don't know what her if if she was white or not, but she was white passing, and she like had a stop and like she asked us to take a picture of her BLM fist jean jacket so she could post it on social media, and like she was leading in chants, which is just very uncouth to do if you are not the like the group, group that is being represented that. Yeah. and lo- leading the event, and it's just like. Like, we kept trying to, like, march away from her or, and like, because we were just both getting frustrated because my friend, they're black and, you know, I'm, I'm, I like to think of myself as a good ally, so I don't do those things. And when I see somebody doing those things, I just get really frustrated because, like, it feels performative and it feels self-aggrandizing. Like, right. I, I mean, I, I had my, my phase of that where I, like, justified it because, you know, I, I was, you know, trying to be an ally and promote things, but then I realized my voice isn't the one that matters. So I don't need to be out. Like I just need to, like help use my voice well, to you promote take your other cues people from your friends yeah, who exactly. are actually affected by these things in exactly. a direct way. And I mean, it's it's very similar to like with. Uh, unfortunately, most of you who are listening to this are socially aware and know that Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed um, this past weekend, and 
one of the things that happened was, um, you know, a very beautiful scene where a bunch of people got to the steps of the Supreme Court and were holding vigil and, um, you know, celebrating her life. And one of the things that the crowd did, which was not received super well on the internet was the fact that they decided to sing Amazing Grace, which in the moment in, in, in the grief of those who had gathered probably seemed like a good idea. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that, and even though that's a song most people know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was Jewish and that's probably not a song you should sing at a vigil for a Jewish person. And so it's about like, no one's saying you know, that in the moment, if you do something that's, like, not really appropriate, yeah. you know, I, I was going to say kosher, but, you know, we're having a discussion about, you know, like, <laughs> like, that's a, it's, it's a moment, right, where you stop yeah, yourself and, and you go, moment, hey, yeah. you know, I'm thinking, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, ugh. yeah, you know, you have this moment where you're like, yeah, this sounds like a good idea, but then when someone tells you, hey, so this person was Jewish, like, saying yeah. rest in peace is not really something that Jewish people do. You know, yeah. and and actually the 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 phrase that was getting shared around there were there were two. You know, may may her memory be a blessing, and mm-hmm. may her memory be a revolution. And yeah. those are actually things that you know people of Jewish heritage say. Yeah, when someone has passed, and especially, I guess she she passed on Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, the first night, which is apparently when when that happens, culturally it's considered to be a great honor and that a great person is one that, you know, lasted until the end. I believe it's also the end of the Jewish calendar year. I think so, yeah. And uh, apologies if I'm getting some of the details wrong, but, like, again, there were, again, like, that, there were people sharing this information and, like, trying mm-hmm. to explain why this mattered beyond the grief of losing a great person who had done amazing things with their life, that there are ways that exist that this person would appreciate that you were celebrating and also the people who who know and love her would appreciate that you are celebrating this way it to celebrate her life and so you know i just think about that kind of thing too a lot where you know obviously ruth bader ginsburg is not going to zombie up from the grave and like tell you that you're doing things wrong but at the same time like if you are trying to show honor and dignity to someone that like you will never be able to have that exchange with again the best thing you can do is try and educate yourself and just make an attempt to do better. And yeah. so I think when I see things like that at those kinds of events or, you know, otherwise like things that are, that are mired in like the cultural significance of it. I don't know. I, I that, 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 that's just something I think about a lot. And it, yeah. it, I, I think it applies in a lot of situations because I think sometimes there's not active malice, but if you continue to do something after the point where you've been informed, then it's a problem. Yeah, well, that and, like, um, the rest, the people that were saying rest in power as well, which yeah, that's a lot of a the, that should, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the black community really started using that phrase when people were taken down by the police. And, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Ruth Bader Ginsburg did a lot of really great things, but they were just kind of upset that it was a, a white woman being given that moniker when, mm-hmm. you know, they're, uh, first of all, it goes very close to rest in peace so mm-hmm. it probably is also not good in, in respect to her cult or in respect to her religion but also it's kind of taking one culture's term and appropriating it right. to another and, and i mean again and the intent is there to a tiny jewish woman which i know yeah was part of like the irony of the whole you know notorious rbg thing but mm-hmm. like 
to be clear, right. she was never one who was promoting that. No, yeah. You know, that was invented by, you know, by, by kind of wealthy white not girls. The, not the fandom, but yeah. Like, there the, was not, you know, the, 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 the people that created, like, the, RB, the, tor- the notorious RBG, like, memes and all that stuff, mm-hmm. like, were, were white women. And yeah. Yeah, when she was interviewed about it um, in the documentary about her life um, a couple of years ago, I think it was like two years ago, she was like, yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. Like, I'm glad that people are interested in history and right. like things that have happened and like judicial law and like, you know, my career. Like, that's kind of neat. But like, she was yeah. like, I don't have like a comment on like, you know, the actual like memes and all these things. Like, that was not something she was super interested in. So, I mean, again, if it's just acknowledge if it's something just to make you feel better, you know, yeah. then okay, that's one thing. But, like, don't right. present it as, like, this is the way she wanted to be remembered either. Exactly. And, like, not only that, but, like, the fact that back to the, like, crawling out of the grave and everything <laughs> like that, like, her dying wish was to not fill her seat until there's a new president. And mm-hmm. we're just ignoring that. We're just ignoring it. It's because so. Mitch McConnell is a demonic turtle mm-hmm. with a tiny dick mm-hmm. and he's a piece of shit. Yep. And he, you know, relies on his constituents being suppressed mm-hmm. in order to maintain power. And he sucks. And I mean he's he's I mean he's almost if not entirely flat out said, you know, it's politics. Like it, yeah. it, it doesn't matter that he blocked the nomination of Merrick Garland for 230 something days. He does not care that that's a problem. And it's, yeah. it, it's interesting watching online, you know, there's, there's kind of a wave of like, kind of like our parents age yeah. group who are like, well, but the hypocrisy, we just need to present them with the hypocrisy. And like for, yeah. for people like, I think us that have, you know, kind of grown up through now a couple recessions and 9-11 and all these things, it goes, you know, hey, the, the problem is, care. like, they don't care. They have yeah. no principles. Like, and if, you know, the Democrats don't step up and draw some firm battle lines, you know, we're fucked. But the other part of this is, is because people have not really shown up uh, for down ballot races for the last, like, four elections or so. Guess what? Like, the Senate is fucked. And <laughs> it's going to remain fucked, um, you know, even with a relatively good outcome, potentially, on this round of elections. You know, the fact that we got to this place was was highly, it was preventable. Right. It was preventable. I mean, the 2018 elections, while, like, got us closer to well, it flipped being the house. unfucked. Yeah, it flipped the House, but, like, the Senate still was fucked. And if, you're, and if you care fucked. about the judiciary, you need to care about the Senate. Exactly. Exactly. And like I always tell everybody, like you need to vote in all elections, not just the presidential, and uh-huh. you need to vote down ballot, not just for president. Because the president is a monster right now, obviously, is a like like uh, I think actually calling him a monster is a, an insult to monsters, but he is a terrible fucking person and we need him out of office but that is not the only thing you need to vote on because they're his lackeys are still going to be in office if we don't vote them out and if we right. don't do everything in our power to vote them out looking at you Cory Gardner I hope you're not too attached to your office because fuck you yeah, you're Corey, getting fucking out, voted out 
Yeah, Cory Gardner is is a garbage person who yeah. refuses he refuses to even meet with his own constituents. Yeah, I mean he's bailed on town halls for like the last two years. So like, At what's least. this Joker doing? I mean, for for you know any of the issues that Hickenlooper has had over the years, um, which I yeah. mean he has had some legitimate issues. Oh yeah, um, not doubting that. But he was overall well liked, mm-hmm. generally by by the most uh, most of the public. You know, and the fact that like he's the challenger to Cory Gardner is probably the smartest goddamn thing I've seen him do after that, you know, aborted presidential run he made for like five seconds. Right. He's like, JK. He he never should have made that run. All the money should have been sunk into taking on Cory Gardner. Because again, if you're paying attention, that's the race that matters. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, there are four seats that need to be gained by Senate Democrats in order to block the nomination of any Trump nominee. Or to, to block the uh, the seating of a Trump nominee. Mm-hmm. And there are six races, six to eight races that are considered particularly winnable. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a couple on there. I know the, the Get Met or Die Trying uh, Act Blue fundraiser has made over like $22 million since Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say they were sitting at like $5 million right before Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death. And then when all the news started to come out about Mitch McConnell trying to push through a nomination as quickly as possible, because that's what he's like been two a hours of... after her death was announced. Uh, that is correct. And, um, you know, the, the reality is he has already successfully seated over 200 plus federal judges uh, since he has been in power yeah. in the Senate, which is, again, those are all lifetime appointments. You know, yeah. those were all those all mattered and we let yeah. them happen. Um, and this is unfortunately the biggest one that he's going to try and cram through. But I mean, the people saying, oh, he can't do this. He can't do this. He absolutely can. Yeah. And that's, you know, unfortunately, we've put ourselves in this situation to a huge extent. But, you know, again, with the four seats, if we can at least make it completely contentious to do so, um, is going to be the best outcome here. You know, there's there's Lindsey Graham's seat, which is, you know, kind of a toss up at this point with Jamie Harrison. Yeah, and, uh, like we said, Hickenlooper and Gardner, Mark Kelly versus What's Her Bucket in Arizona. Um, oh, yeah. And there was one, uh, um, Suzanne Collins is probably going to go down in Maine. Yeah. Um, those are the four, I think, that people are looking at to be like, those are pretty good odds. Um, I think yeah. Jamie Harrison, it depends on the polls you're looking at, um, how much of a toss up that race is. So I think there's one other one that's really close. I think that, is it, um, I know that, um, I think that's, yeah, so, uh, Texas, actually, uh, mm. Ted Cruz versus Winnie Davis. Um, uh, yeah, that one's, that one's competitive. Um, yeah. I'm pulling up the Get Metro Die Trying, um, Thank you. account right now, and it's- I really being... hope she fucking kills it. First of all, I adore Winnie Davis, um, cause I remember watching that filibuster that she did, uh, what was that like 10 years ago um a, a while ago uh but i that was oh, that when i really 10 started years ago. that was really like that was in the what lead up that? to 2016 no i don't because i was still on i was still on uh tumblr 2013 that's when it was mm. uh but yeah was, i was, yeah, like, was, I was still up. on tumblr it was in the lead time. up to 2016 because yeah yeah, was... yeah yeah uh yeah no i i remember live tweeting live tumblring about it um <laughs> but yeah oh no God. That filibuster was just, like, that's really kind of what lit the fire under my butt to become more politically active. Um, 
and I mean, ever, I mean, obviously that, that just was definitely one of the, <laughs> right. <laughs> one of the things. Um, so, you know, I really hope that she can just rip him a new one. So funny thing, when you Google get Metro die trying, apparently there's some GOP group that has like paid Google a lot of money to show up first in the searches. And it says actually like, you know, help bitch or die trying. And it's like, donate here, donate $25, 50, hundreds. So like, they're trying to catch people that are like, yeah. not smart enough to realize they're on the wrong website. Yeah. And so I had to actually dig a little to find the actual fundraiser because it's been sent to me through social media almost exclusively. Yeah. So currently they're at 26 million. And uh, no, wait, they're at 23 million. Sorry. The goal is 26 million. Yeah. Um, the races that are kind of up for grabs in no particular order are Colorado, Maine, North Carolina, Montana, Iowa, Georgia, both seats in Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Alaska, South Carolina, Texas, Kansas, and Mississippi. So Sweet. some really good ones. There's a uh, big, big ones. Yeah. The Republican for party sure. is currently defending 22 Senate seats and they only control the Senate by three. So, you know, their, their metrics for why they included who they did we include races based on whether or not resources are needed to make a difference in the outcome of the race, bang for your buck, and one of the following. Uh, one being that the race is rated lean D, lean R, or toss-up by the Cook Political Report, and or the Democratic candidate has at least two polls showing that the race is within five points, aka within striking distance of victory, and then it says pew, 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 uh, happy confetti. <laughs> Oh my god! I I just pulled up the website too, and I love how one of the little logos is a turtle shell upside down, uh-huh. uh, and it says "Get Mister Dry Trying." I want that on a, on a mask. There are um, shirts of it I've seen floating around, and I don't know how many of them actually go. I I would like to find one that goes directly to Act Blue, because right, yeah. Act Blue, um, if you do not designate a specific race, it will disperse them amongst uh, down ballot candidates, which is really cool. Because when I donated to uh, the get Mitch or die trying the other night i had had a, a few drinks with dinner after uh, finding out about rbg's death um yeah. and i was like i'm gonna donate like 25 bucks now and then i'll figure this out later i'm not gonna donate some like astronomical amount like because i'm right, yeah. a little t- tipsy and <laughs> so i donated 25 dollars and between all the candidates it came out to like a dollar 92 each <laughs> I was like, it's something. I was like, take it, John Hickenlooper. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Take my yeah. just shy of two dollars. It's fine. <laughs> um, but no, it's small fine. small donor um, amounts have been what actually keeps grassroots movements alive. And right. so you know, if you truly, you know, want to walk your walk and talk your talk, some of the more left wing of the party who who loves to tout some of that and tout fundraising numbers, like this is your time to shine. Like world's collapsing it's you know Come on, let's get it going america's haunted <laughs> always has been america's haunted like, yeah, right <laughs> like what happens when we build our entire done. country on an indian burial ground that we made of our made our, our own fruition yeah <laughs> have you been seeing those uh population density maps over time animations that have been showing up that like treat it like america didn't have anyone living in it before colonizers Ugh. came god holy shit like, literally just looking at it, I'm like, but, and it was like, oh, you know, if it's white, it's like zero to two people per, like, ten miles or whatever. And I was like, okay, but, like, what about all the native folk? What right, about yeah. all the, you know? 
and and it, it didn't even include like people colonizing from like other directions, which you know right, is yeah. its own set of issues. Not that we need like you know additional information there, but like, right. like Mexico and the people, Spaniards. I just Spaniards. remember looking at it and being like, this doesn't seem right. And like the first comment is like, okay, but what about all the native folk? And I was like, there it is. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh oh man. man, the internet has been wild the last couple days. It's been the wild, wild west of the internet. That's what the WWW stands for. <gasps> yeah. I broke the code. Wiki, wiki, I'm wild. In. And wiki, yeah. wiki, wild. <laughs> Kevin Klein's there, as is a giant mechanical spider. And that's, that's the by, internet. Uh, that's the internet. If you put Kevin Klein and a giant mechanical spider in a picture, what do you think yeah. it would prioritize as its face? The answer is Kevin Klein because he's a white man. <laughs> <laughs> wiki, wiki, and, wild. And wiki, wiki, wild. The internet's been wild. Uh, Caitlin, you got to escape it for a bit, though, this weekend. I did. Um, yeah, the reason I was tipsy at dinner um, was because... <laughs> Besides the world ending. <laughs> producer Ryan and I, uh, producer Ryan, who I am married to, um, we went on a little getaway to the mountains for the weekend uh, for our anniversary, which is a thing that happens annually. Not the trip, but the the event. And um, so we decided to go to Salida. And, well, we, we stopped at Royal Gorge because it's a very touristy thing to do if you're not from the Colorado area. However, the reason it's touristy is because it's cool as hell to look at. Um, <laughs> so we, we visited Royal Gorge and took a lot of pictures and stood on a bridge that kind of sways when you stand on it. And you go, ooh. Um, ooh and then wow. you climb up a hill and then you are wonder why you didn't take the gondola over because this is a lot of walking. Um <laughs> And then, um, you know, that uh, that was actually really nice because, like, it is an open-air kind of experience. Even though it is touristy, you have to, like, buy a ticket to get through to go on the bridge and, and explore the gorge. But, you know, I don't think we, like, stood actively anywhere near other people the entire time we were there, which was really nice. Then we went to Salida, which um, was really cool. I think that was my probably one of my favorite places we went uh, over the whole weekend because the whole town of Salida is, you know... The, the, the backbone of their economy is like arts and tourism and a lot of public events get held there. Obviously not so much right now, but to, to keep people interested in coming to Salida, they have a whole local campaign called hashtag mask up Salida. And literally almost on every light pole I saw, every business um, had signs up saying like, we want to stay open. Please help us help you. And um, the fact that, like, they were really strict about, like, wearing masks, using social distancing. Any restaurant that was open for um, dining had patio dining that was, like, more than appropriately spaced. They actually had one of their main streets cut off between two blocks so that they could move all of the patio dining even farther out into the street. So that was really cool. I really appreciated everything uh, the people in the, the fair town of Salida did to make uh, folks like me who are paranoid maniacs feel safe. But yeah, lots of opportunities to look at nature and look at stuff. Um, and then we went down to Pagosa Springs. There's um, some some hot springs down there. Pagosa Springs is known for its natural hot springs. And so we were able to enjoy some of the amenities down there as well. But yeah, it was, it was a good opportunity to get out of town. It was the first time we've really been able to go out of town since the pandemic started. So, you know, it was just an interesting set of experiences that was like, oh yeah, we can like maybe have nice things maybe <laughs> as a treat as a treat <laughs> <laughs> that's really good i remember you were telling me about like the antique store though in pagosa springs oh um, my god yeah there was an antique store so there's this like little <laughs> run of like downtown shops across from the the place we were staying 
And most of the shops have, like, signs up that are, like, you know, same thing like Salida. It's like, you know, we want to be open, like, help us help you. Uh, not as overt about it as Salida was. I think, you know, honestly, it was more like, here's some signs you can put up, I guess, as opposed to being like, the town is agreeing on this. Um, <laughs> but there was this one antique shop at, like, the end of the drag that had, like, these papered signs all over the door. And, like, I didn't look at them going in because I was like, oh, well, you know, there's all kinds of local crap people are advertising. And I was, I, I go in there and there's, like, about, like, 75% of the people in there are wearing masks. And I was like, that is too low a percentage. So, like, we kind of left pretty quickly. And I was like, this isn't comfortable. I'm leaving. And as we were leaving, I saw what was written on the signs on the door. And it was like, due to the Fourth Amendment and HIPAA, which is not applicable in this situation. Never, um, yeah. Or the Fourth Amendment, really. No, um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, the right to not have an illegal search or seizure. Right, that is correct. Um, but it is it being is not... used by a lot of, like, anti-maskers to, like, justify. And they were like, if you see uh, a visitor or an employee without a mask, we have to assume that you have a medical issue. And I was like, oh, no, we're not going back in there. And so we just, nope. like, you know, we, I like, literally, I saw some cool stuff in there when we walked in. And I was like, I'm not going to give these people my money. <laughs> I, Jesus Christ. No. But yeah, I, I was able to buy some cool stuff for, for the holidays uh, for folks. I was able to get um, a, a gift for a friend as well. And so that made me feel good in my heart um, because I like supporting local businesses, but like, don't piss on my leg and call it, call it COVID. Like, that's not okay. Yeah. So, you know, again, like it was, it was an interesting weekend and I spent the second night of it with a lot of tequila in my tummy about the whole Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing. Every all of it. <laughs> so Every all of it. That was when I was, you know, sitting at a patio table, eating a fucking burrito and giving money to Act Blue. <laughs> was that? That was Saturday, right? It was Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, that was my uh, was Brandon's birthday. Um, so like. Or no, it was Friday night. Yeah, it's right. No, that's right. It was Friday night. So I, I, I got confused because tech because he worked. He closed Saturday night, so I we did his birthday dinner Friday night. Right. Um since he had the night off that night but yeah we were just like i was like should i just get the mead like the whole bottle of mead that we have in the fridge just put on the table because <laughs> like unfortunately i can't partake in colorado's um greenery right now because i'm i'm looking at maybe getting us a, a work at home job and they still drug test in the middle of a pandemic um <laughs> so i was like i have no way to cope that's like quote unquote healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to sit in my feelings. It well, I brought worst. I brought a bottle of wine back from Salida, so we'll have to like oh, yeah. pass a glass over the fence uh, here this week. <laughs> but you know, I, well, I now think that that's... we can do that easier since there's not a tree in the way. That's we true. We did get a tree taken down because I'm going to get my patio redone here soon, so I needed <laughs> to move a tree, which is a thing that people with homes do, I guess. I don't know. All right. Um, but, you know, I think that's where, you know, that, that was our week. It was a very eventful week. My God. It was so much. A wild, wild week, y'all. Wicky, wicky, wild. <laughs> wicky, wicky, wild. Wicky, 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 wicky. Wild, wicky. wild, wild, Anyway. I feel, like, I feel like producer Ryan knows all the words to the Wild Wild West rap. And I'm sure he does. I'm sure if he does know all the words, he should drop them at the end of the episode. I'm sure he should record his own... I mean, that movie's probably out of copyright by now, right? Um, no. I don't no, know. It's not. I don't not know. how modern movies work. That's not how that works. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> anyway, oh, don't sue us. Uh, 
DreamWorks, WB, whoever made that movie, don't sue Will us. Smith? Thanks, bye. Will Smith, don't sue us. Uh, bye, us the Bennigans. On that note, um, Caitlin, I, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts is, you know, for if you're wearing a mask, please continue to do so. I love you. Yes. <laughs> love you. And I... No, just kidding. And um, I... <laughs> uh, be a kind person be nice to each other don't be a M- Mitch McConnell turtle fuckface. face yeah don't and fuck yeah, turtles that's how you get more Mitch McConnells that's how you get more Mitch McConnells or fuck turtles because that's how you get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh that's true what if you fucked Mitch McConnell but then you stuck your dick in the ooze would you get a ineffectual Ninja Turtle I'm really disturbed by this imagery, and I want to stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll see you next week on the In internet. In my nightmares. Yeah, on your podcast app. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.